welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Yurich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside, and I'm so excited to have a really special guest. This is a little bit different of a type of guest than we normally have, but really excited to have Ben Spell, the founder of Good Ranchers, with us here today. Welcome. Yeah, thanks, Jenny. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's great. Love what you guys do and what you stand for. Happy to be here talking to you. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. So you are doing something that's so important. You are providing meat for families across America that is from America and that is very clear about what is going on on the farm. Yeah. And this is so needed in this day and age because there is a lot of ambiguity out there and we want to know what we're putting in our bodies, what we're putting in our kids' bodies. So I would love to hear a little bit of your story. Dad of four. Yeah. I've seen some things about car racing. You got a lot going on. Yeah. And now you have thousands, you've employed thousands of people, which that to me is such a huge thing. Like what a gift to build something that employs other people while at the same time helping families across the country to be more aware of what's in their food. Where did this start? Um, Yeah. So again, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. You know, our story, uh, my wife and I, um, our story is definitely not your typical entrepreneur story or Maybe it is, but for us, I had no agricultural background, never even planned to start a business or even be an entrepreneur or a business owner. That was not on my radar, wasn't something I was planning to do, never aspired to do it. I was a, a pastor at a church here in Houston. Like I was a, a, I was a staff pastor. I was over all of the music and the worship creative arts uh, at a mega church here in South Houston and loved what I did. I play piano and guitar and I write and I produce and I like I went to school for audio engineering. Like, so it means it's like completely, yeah, no. This is all indoors, right? This is like indoors, audio engineering. Yeah. Completely different world. Yes. And the only thing that I started getting this sense of do something else, there was something inside of me that for me, um, it was honestly, it was after service one day, I was walking to my car and, um, I had a nicer car and the person that was getting in the car next to me was in a very old car. And he looked at me and he said, he said, man, I like that car. And it just, it kind of hurt my heart, honestly, knowing that his tithe money paid me. And <laughs> for wow. me, there, there was just like this conviction that day that I was like, ah, I don't really like that people that have less than me give to pay my salary. Um, and then I can have like mm. like nicer things than they have something about that. I didn't like, and I'm not saying that that's wrong at all. Like, like mm-hmm. working at a church is a real job. Being a pastor is a real job. It's a hard job. So I don't mean that in any knock to anyone in ministry, you should get paid. You deserve to get paid. It's hard. You give a lot of hours that you should be given to your kids and to your family, to other people. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. That said, for me, personal conviction, something hit me that day. And I began to pray and ask God to maybe give me other ways. Um, I didn't know the term at the time because this was almost a decade ago. Um, the the term side hustle wasn't a, wasn't a word. It wasn't really a phrase back then, but I started actually thinking I would, you know, have a side hustle. Like what can I do on the side to, earn income to where the church doesn't, I don't have to be dependent on that. So that's really where it started. It was, it started out of 
I just want to be able to do something to where the church doesn't have to pay me. And then I started having these ideas of a meat company, which makes absolutely no sense at all. I remember talking to my wife about it the first time saying, you know, somebody, cause what happened was we had, we had just had our first baby boy in 2017 and uh, we've always been health conscious and to a degree, but once you start having kids, you really start looking at labels. You really start diving into those things. So um, after we, after we had our first baby boy, my wife really got into, I mean, she, she was like half crunchy. She went like super crunch. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, and so we really started looking at uh, labels and processing and, where stuff's coming from. And, and I started noticing on the meat side, how much ambiguity there was and the lack of transparency and, and kind of started doing some research. And, and I remember talking to, to her saying, man, somebody should do this, 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 and this, because there's a real need here, but it was never me. And so uh, God kind of started putting this idea of this meat company in my head and I would talk to my wife about it, like, you know, and it's funny because as I look back, hindsight's 2020, I was asking, I was praying and asking for something else. Mm-hmm. And he's giving me these ideas. And I'm just oblivious caveman thinking, you know, having these ideas and telling my wife, somebody should do this. Because mm-hmm. those first couple of conversations, it was clueless to me that I was going to be the one to do it because I had, again, no background, no knowledge, no money, like, so after almost a year of every few months, this meat company idea come in into my head and I would kind of talk to my wife about it. And it was probably a good year. And one morning I was getting ready. I was still on staff at the church and the idea came in my head again. And like as clear as day, like I just heard God's voice loud and clear, you do it. And it was sobering and it was, it, it shook me. And I, I came out of the bathroom and I said to my wife, I think God just told me to start a meat company thinking she's going to go, that's crazy. And Mm -hmm. give me all the reasons why. And she looked at me right back in the face and said, if you heard God, then I trust you. And um, that was a, again, very sobering moment because. And overwhelming, probably very overwhelming. And so, but uh, it was one of those things. I just knew that that's what we were supposed to do. And um, uh, I resigned. That was in like, October, November of 2017. Um, I resigned in January. We started an LLC. I mean, we went all in. I mean, we we maxed out our credit cards. Um, I borrowed a little bit of money from my mother-in-law, which is not a great idea to do for <laughs> <laughs> unless you unless you know you can pay them back, which we did. But you know, it was amazing because God was just he was just there. The like he went before us every step of the way because I don't actually know um, like your your, your level of faith background um, mm-hmm. or, or, or not. But for me, I wholeheartedly believe that if God calls you to do something, he'll equip you to do it. And mm-hmm. so for this, I knew I felt the call and, and he was faithful to equip us mm-hmm. every step of the way. It didn't mean, I mean we made mistakes. We learned some lessons the hard way, um, but we were just very fortunate, very blessed just every step of the way. And then, and then we found all I knew to start was, find some meat, park, sell, uh, put it in the back of a truck and sell it out of, in a parking lot under a tent. Like that's, 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 that's how mm-hmm. we started. It was me under a truck 
selling meat in a parking lot in Waco, Texas. And we began to grow and begin to go from one truck to two trucks or three trucks and then get outside of Texas. And But it wasn't until about two years in that we really found like our mission, Mm -hmm. connecting the American family to the American farm Mm -hmm. and the importance of that. We learned that, again, because I knew nothing about meat, I just knew that God said, go start a meat company. About a year and a half in is when we learned that a lot of what we were selling was actually coming from Mexico, South America, Canada, Australia, like Mm -hmm. almost all of the meat we were sourcing wasn't even coming from U.S. farms. And we had no idea because there's no country of origin labeling law in the U.S. for meat, uh, for beef or for pork. You do not have to label the country of origin for beef or for pork. Uh, Congress just like silently took that away in 2015. Every other country has, uh, I can't say every other country, but almost every other country, you have to label. That is so wild to me, Ben, because there are so many government regulations. Yeah. Like in every facet of life, we have friends that are trying to start a campground. I mean, they're just like this couple, they have this dream, they want to have this place where they bring families together and they start this campground. And in order for them to put a bathhouse on this piece of huge property that they have, in the middle of Michigan, kind of in the middle of nowhere, they have had to jump through just an unbelievable amount of hoops. Like they have to dig down to the soil 20 feet to make sure that the soil is tested so that this building that's commercially made isn't going to collapse. I'm like, I have never in my life seen a bathhouse collapse. And they have to you know, have heat in it, even though it's a summer thing and it's open. I mean, it's just, there's so many government regulations on everything. And yet they don't have to label the meat. Yeah. The clothes you're wearing have to say what country they're from. (laughs) The the plate that you eat on probably says made in China or Taiwan or uh, depending on where you you bought it from. But the plate you eat on has to say what country it came from, but the meat you put on it doesn't have to be disclosed. What you actually are putting into your body, you have no way to know how it was raised, what it was given and where, and where it came from. So f- learning that, uh, like I said, once we learned that we went, whoa, this is really big and nobody knows, like nobody's talking about it. Like the grocery stores are sure aren't, aren't disclosing that and talking about it. There's lots of other online meat retailers that are all that are selling millions and millions of pounds of beef and, and various meats that are coming from all over the world and people are buying them because you 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 live in Michigan, right? Yeah. So he said, yeah, you know, you live in Michigan. So you go online and you buy some meat from a company that's shipping it to you. You just assume it's probably coming from yeah, like down the farm, down the road. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You assume it's probably coming from somewhere, but the the majority of what's being sold online is coming from across the world because it's cheap, it's inferior and, uh, and it's hurting American farms and ranches. And, uh, I was, mm. I was on a the I was on a Meat Mafia podcast yesterday. Uh, <laughs> if you, you know, that's 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 the normal kind of uh, uh, stuff <laughs> that I'm on. Uh, so thank you for having me on Thousand Hours. <laughs> and we were talking about this, uh, just that it's the level of shadiness in the industry, in the food industry, the lack of government regulate. You know, the there's these over control of government regulations for things that. For everything, for so many yeah. things. Yeah, and then the then this just lack of these things that actually help other countries make money and hurt American farmers, hurt American ranchers. Mm-hmm. So um, I said that to say our stance isn't 
don't eat meat from other countries. Our stance is you should know where your meat is coming from. Mm. Our stance is you should know. And if you want to support American farms and ranches, you shouldn't be able to be duped by someone selling meat online, selling meat at the grocery store. There's lots of stores that you go into. And because the way the law is written, it can come from Australia. It can come from New Zealand. It can come from Mexico. It can come from South America. It can come from anywhere else in the world and can be sold in an American in, in a U.S. grocery store with an American flag sticker and say product of USA. And it happens. It happens every day. It's happening every day. Over three billion pounds of beef, just beef, not talk, not even talking about pork. Three billion pounds of beef will be imported into the U.S. this year and sold in restaurants, grocery stores, and online to consumers who think they're buying American meat. They're sort. They're helping American agriculture, American farms. And they're just not. So when we learned that, we drew a line in the sand and we said, no, we're going to be different. And we want to support local. We want to support our neighbors, our our communities. We want to strengthen our own supply chain. And not not to mention the quality. It's just like night and day difference. Wow. What a story. What a story. You know, because when you go on your website and people can go on goodranchers.com and this is the time of year to do it. We were talking before we popped on. I'm like, look, okay, once you become a parent and people like they don't know what to buy you for the holidays because you, you know, you kind of got your stuff, whatever. I'm like, buy us food. <laughs> if you're a parent, you know, I'm like, yeah. what gift do I want? I want a subscription box for chicken. That's what yeah. I want for Christmas. Or apple, you know, you guys have like the smoked bacons. And I mean, it's a yeah. really phenomenal gift idea. And also just a great thing to know about heading into the holiday seasons where they season where there tends to be more parties and more get togethers. So it's really a great place. I mean, the website is phenomenal. Goodranchers.com. You go on there. It's really simple to see how it works, the different things that you sell. You also have a blog there. So there's a lot for families to look at. But so interesting, you'd sometimes think, and it's such a great name, Good Ranchers, like it could have been around for 80 years. Like you you wouldn't really know. Like this could be yeah. something that's existed forever, but it's really this new thing. So you start in 2017, which is six years ago. Like you've just, what, you've just hit your six year. I mean, it's the fall of 2023. So you've just hit your six year time mark here. And what fortuitous timing because of the vaccines. And this is a thing that I think so many families are thinking about. And I just read, actually, it was like, a, it's a, like a sci-fi book written for teens, but it's about like AI and these brain implants. It's called Brain Drive by this author, Tom Hall. And it's just okay. fascinating. But he talks about like medical procedures that you don't have a choice about. This is kind of one of the main topics in the book. You have to like, you know, you're born and you have to get this drive that hooks up. I mean, it, it's futuristic kind of things that people are talking about. And it's really interesting, but that is one of the main threads of this book. And so you started this and then all of that comes out and you say, the first thing you need to know is that we're drawing a line in the sand on this topic, just like we did with only sourcing our meat from American farms. We will never source meat from any farm that uses unapproved experimental treatments and medicines in their animals, 0% mRNA vaccine. We take our pledge to the bank or better yet, take it to your fridge. So can you talk about when that started to become apparent to you and what that decision-making process has looked like? Yeah. So they've actually been testing the mRNA vaccine in 
animals and in livestock for a decade now. Oh. Yes. Yes. Like Again, our food system, the food industry, uh, dare I say our government agencies, uh, again, there's so much lack of transparency. And I'm a firm believer on you are what you eat. Mm. There's some things you want to value shop and there's some things you don't want to value shop. Skydiving, you don't want to find the cheapest place to do that. Right. right? Like, Whitewater rafting is the same. Yeah. I was going to yeah. speak from experience. You want to pay the go. most amount of money, especially if it's on like, you know, one of yeah. those ones with a lot of high classes or whatever. Exactly. And the food that you put into your body, again, it's going into your body. You are what you eat. You, We are a direct yeah, you guys know this because you, you talk about it, like, like, but what you put into your body is literally the fuel that fuels your body. And so we just have to be mindful and cognizant of that. And uh, it's just so important. So they've been testing the mRNA vaccine for over a decade in animals. And it's all, all over the, not, not just in the US, all over the world. And so last year and moving into early this year, there's been a, a they're making different strides and they're starting to, to do it more and they're starting to like implement and, and, and different things. And so there's been other countries that are talking about adding it and bringing it. And, and so, but what we, what, you know, we got a decent amount of actual pushback when, when we, when we put this out, we, we were like the first meat company or one of at least to really be loud and go, Hey, we're not going to do this. And we're talking about it. And we got a little bit of pushback from the, com- like from the agriculture community and saying that we were like fear mongering and like, this isn't a thing. This isn't a thing. This isn't even, it's not even, it's not even, um, it hasn't even passed. It's not, no one's using MRNA vaccines. Like you're scaring people trying to drive sales, but we're not. What we're doing is we're making people aware that they're talking about this. They've been testing it for over a decade. They're doing it more and more. And the mm-hmm. food industry, our government agencies, like what we're talking about, what we talked about earlier with there's no country of origin labeling law. Well, mm-hmm. that was eight years ago. That got quietly removed eight years ago. Me, I was two years into running a meat company before I even knew that. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. Because then you're talking about with well, the average American person who is not running a meat company or hasn't been for two years. Yeah, what do we, you know, you just don't, yeah. I, and you see, I mean, I can picture in my mind the American flag sticker mm-hmm. that's on that package of ground beef. Yeah, my uh, my wife bought, bought uh, this was years ago. We don't, we only, we only eat good ranchers in our home, by the way. <laughs> and I will say this wasn't, that was another line in the sand we drew several years ago. Um, we said, you know what? If it's not good enough for us and our family, we're not mm. selling it. So every single thing that we sell. It's what you're eating. It's what yeah. we eat. It's what we give our friends, what we, our friends and our family, when they come to our house, like that's the level, like, it, you know, it sounds, uh, it sounds like a, a low baseline for a market test of, but for us, we just said, if it doesn't meet our quality, our standard, like we're not going to have a double standard of, well, we're going to buy all organic and all natural and all this, and but we're going to sell whatever we can sell to make money on. We said, no, like we're only going to sell what we would actually eat. And those things are very important to us. Um, so back to the mRNA vaccine, we started seeing, uh, reading these articles from, from New Zealand and these other countries that are starting to test it more and in and, and starting to implement it. So we wanted to bring awareness and we wanted to go ahead and just let everybody know we will not be doing that. And, and like I said, these people that think that uh, that say, well, it's, you know, you're fear mongering. We're not because 
our government agencies, if they have the ability, they will just quietly just implement something. And if nobody has to know, then they will gladly let you not know. It is so opposite of everything else. It is very, very bizarre. Yeah. So, and that's the thing, like, because there is no regulation right now um, in the U.S. uh, that says you have to disclose any vaccine use. So, you know, we talk about antibiotics, we talk about hormones, we talk about those type of things. We talk about gestation crates for pigs. We talk about like free range for chickens. Like there's, there's, there's things that we talk about, but there is no, no regulation. There's no laws governing vaccinations on any level for animals. Like you don't have to disclose any of it. So when it comes to the mRNA vaccination, that's just why we got so loud about it. It was like, hey, if this is something we're going to start doing, which we, again, we've been testing it for a decade. Um, if this is something we're going to start doing it, you have to put it on the label. Cus- consumers deserve to know. This is, not, this is not something that we can quietly just start doing and not tell people that that's what they're ingesting and that's what they're putting into their body. When the skies open up, While others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my Vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessies Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com slash outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids, A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. Okay, so I mean, this is super important so people can find that at Good Ranchers and know what you're getting. Has it been hard to source that? Uh, no. Uh, again, for the sake of not fear mongering, right now, there is year to date, mRNA vaccines are not being used in U.S. cattle. 
and U.S. livestock mm-hmm. right now. Again, they've been testing it for a decade. They are trying to get it implemented. Um, and the problem is there is no regulation and you don't have to, to claim it. So for us, it, so it's not an issue now, I but see. it's also not going to be an issue because we've already talked to all of our farmers, all of our ranchers, and mm-hmm. and we have a very healthy relationship and a pulse of mm-hmm. where we source and how we source it. And uh, again, we've drawn a line in the sand that if you start using that, we're not going to buy from you. So for us, it's just really simple. Do the right thing. You know, your reputation is what you do that everyone sees. Your character is what you do that no one sees. And for us, we we just think that there should be transparency. We think that there's when you buy from us, you should know that you're you're not getting imported meat. You're getting mm-hmm. meat that supports family farms, independent farms and ranches. And ethical farms. That's a whole other piece we haven't even talked and, about yet, right, Ben? Like ethical and, farming. Yes. How would you define that? Oh gosh. Um it, you know, it's it's different across the animal species, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's doing the right thing when no one's looking. PETA and vegan, like the the whole anti meat movement. I'll say like PETA, like veganism, like this vegetarian anti meat movement. They did a really good job of like they've done a, an amazing job of dehumanizing farming and making everyone think that the the term factory farming. They've done a great job of just painting this picture in every consumer's mind that there's just this factory and cow walks in and out comes hamburger. And it's this, you know, it's this factory with smoke and it's dirty and it's and it's all mm-hmm. this, this stuff. Again, they have completely dehumanized the rancher, the farmer, and the entire process. Like the average person, I name the average person, just um, the U.S. population in general is so far removed from what happens on a farm. I mean, that's it's, this is your whole premise: a thousand hours, get outside. Like the like, like because it, the the fact that you um, you've been able to to grow and have a successful podcast about like something so um, obvious as hey, get outside, <laughs> right? I'm out. Shows you it how far removed. Wild. Yeah, it shows you how far removed we are from even just being outdoors, let alone what happens on a farm, what happens on a ranch on, on the day to day. And and again, the whole anti-meat movement did an amazing job of taking the humanity out of and the individualization out of these farmers and ranchers. There's 700,000 independent ranches in the U.S. today. Cool. 700,000 independent ranches. The average herd size is less than 50. It's about 48 and a half. It's a family, it's a mom, it's a dad, it's it's like a nuclear family living on the land, taking care of their cows. They usually have chickens and pigs and other things too, but mm-hmm. like even the ranchers, they're growing crops, they're growing hay, they're working the field. It's just their livelihood. Yeah. And they value, you talk about ethical farming, ethical ranching. I went and visited one one ranch in back in April this year, uh, right after calving season, the calving season. Mm-hmm. And they were telling the story. It was in I, I, Idaho and it was one of the worst winters they've had in a long time. And mm-hmm. one night they, they were expecting a few calves to be, you know, they, they, they have about 60 head of cattle mm-hmm. and it was brutally snowing outside. They knew a couple calves were going to be born that night. They were expecting them to be born that day. They didn't come. So they kept going throughout the night, checking to, and when they, um, they, when they finally 
when the cats were actually were actually birthed and they and they got to them, like mm-hmm. their eyes were frozen shut because it was so cold. And you know, the afterbirth mm-hmm. and, and they yeah. took these two cats, brought them into their living room, wrapped them in blankets, and put them in front of the fireplace through that that first night of their life. And they honestly thought that they were they weren't going to make it. Like they they mm-hmm. thought they were they they just thought they got to them too late. I mean, they were like their faces were frozen. But bring them into their living room, into their home, wrap them blankets, put them in front of the fire, and they wake up the next morning, and two little calves are running around their living room. And when I was there in April, you know, those same calves are now a little bit bigger, and they're running around the field. Mm-hmm. That's ethical yeah. ranching, and that's what again the anti meat movement did a, has done a tremendous job of taking the humanity of of what it actually takes to put food on your plate. It's people mm-hmm. like what I'm talking about, the, the people that we partner with. It's people like that that are working with these animals day in, day out, sometimes bringing them in their living room and wrapping them with a blanket to make sure that they stay alive. And they literally treat them with care, even though, yeah, they're going to slaughter. But like that's what they're doing to not just provide for their family, to help provide for you and for me and for the rest of society. And the sad thing about that 700,000 number, about 20,000 of those go out of business, have to close down every single year since 2015 oh, wow. because of the lack of country of origin labeling, the huge influx of imported beef. Yeah. And all the regulation. Yeah. I mean, and, that's one and, of the parts of it. So how ironic, like I've, I'm a pretty big fan. Pretty is a, not a big enough word. I'm a really big fan of Joel Salison, who is a farmer in Virginia. He's been on our podcast several times. I've actually gotten a couple chances to speak with him, which is so phenomenal. One of my favorite books of him, his is called The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs. Uh, just a phenomenal book. Where he talks about like the chickenness of the chicken. Like they're made with beaks, so they peck the ground. And so if you put them in a farm and they take their beaks off so that they're not pecking each other because they're all enclosed in this awful situation. You're not honoring the way a chicken is made or you honor the way a pig is. They want to root and they need space to do that. All these different things. She has that book and a new book out called Homestead Tsunami. A A lot about what you're talking about, that this is vibrancy. Like our culture should have these farms and these homesteads that have vitality and that have different things like it's not just one like we only have cows or we only have corn like you should have all these different things and they work together and then he has that book that says it's called everything i want to do is illegal and he talks about how hard it is for a small farmer because they make these blanket rules and that's for like if you have if you're running a six million dollar business or like you said if you have a, a herd of 48 cows or you know you've got pigs or whatever it is and so it makes it so hard for the small farmer to survive. That's just another side thing why I think it's so cool what you're doing is you're helping. I mean, that is a huge thing to be stepping in and helping farmers because you can't do everything, right? Like you can't run your homestead and your farm and also be out and connect in with consumers. Like you, I mean, no one can do everything. So what an amazing partnership yeah, yeah. to help these farms survive and we need that. I mean, 20,000 a year. It's like, there's not that many to begin with, Ben. That's right. I mean, if it's 700,000, I mean, that's, that's, that's not a, that many years to zero. <laughs> that's right. And there's, and there's not that many new ones starting uh, because it's just one, it's so hard. And, yeah. and two, it's, it's nearly impossible to compete with 
the price of the imported yeah. beef. And when when you go to the grocery store and there's no transparency, you tend to go, well, I'm, well this is cheaper, so I'm going to buy it. Right. Hands down, the imported meat is cheaper. It is. And it's um, got your flag on it. It's got your American right. flag. That's right. But it's inferior. The Yeah. When you order from us, and this isn't like a plug to order from us, um, but when- Well, I'll plug we, it because I can do it. You should order from Good Ranchers. I'll plug. Yeah. There we go. Well, all right. But I'll tell you, there is a noticeable difference in taste and quality. I mean, and I would put our quality against any competitor, any grocery store for sure. The grocery store is like the lowest level of, I mean, I don't care where you live, uh, where you shop, uh, the grocery store is like the lowest level of meat. And I would put any of our animal proteins, whether it's beef, chicken, pork, um, seafood, I would put it all in a blind taste test against any competitor because there is just no, no comparing what the quality that's raised on American farms versus mm -hmm. the stuff that's being imported and raised yeah. in mass masses um, in these other countries. So, yeah. And you have really cool articles on your website. Sorry to interrupt. I have no, actually have no, a lot of no, things no, I still want to talk yeah, about. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay. yeah, you didn't interrupt. Well, I, was like, I, I was just breathing. Okay. I love on the website, you have this article. So talking about quality, we're talking about right health and we're talking about nutritional value. So not only on the website, there's a lot of recipes. So that's a cool place to go to get recipes, smoked chicken breast, Frank's red hot buffalo chicken dip, cheesy steak quesadillas. So a lot of recipes there. But then you're talking about nutritional value and Tuft Food Companies just recently, I mean, this is within the last year, comes out with this ranking system that puts Lucky Charms healthier than steak. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on here. It's comical, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a real article. That's a real That's a real thing. Um, we, we got a lot of press from that. Like... Uh, it's a clown world we live in sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. it, it really is. And, and, you know, like, you know, we keep trying to, God gave us really simple things to do, work the land, work the fields. And, and like, and we keep just convoluting it. Like with, we're trying to make synthetic meat. We keep trying to make meatless meat. You know, we just keep messing it up. We're, you know, we're doing yeah. this like, Tyson just invested in bug protein. Like, you know, we, we just keep looking at all these things and we, we have the answer. It needs to be done right. That's for sure. You need ethical practices. You need regenerative farming. You need, it needs to be done right. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things, but there is massively a right way to do it. And, you know, the carnivore diet is like, is really big right now. It's where it's just like all meat, like, you know, coming from a uh, someone who only sells meat. Like I believe in balance. I think yeah. everything in like the, the Bible is really clear, like all throughout, honestly, of, of having balance in your life. And I think the same thing is true even with your food. We need meat, we need vegetables, we need protein, we need starches, we need fats, mm -hmm. we need like, and we don't need all of any one thing. We need a balance of yeah. all of it. Yeah, there's a harmony there, right? It's like yeah. just like how there's a harmony on the farm. There's a harmony in what you're eating and the nutritional value of a cow that eats grass and is out in the sun is different. And the quality, like you said, the way that it's going to taste and all of that comes together 
and just enhances. And you talk about how we believe food has a way of bringing people together, which is absolutely the truth. As, like I said, heading into the holidays here, and we've had, we've had some of this good rancher's meat. So we can attest that this is definitely what you want to have in your home. I'm curious about these farmers that you're partnering with and these ranchers. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie-smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember to sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com/outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I wanna make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash one zero zero zero. Check it out. Now here you are. You're you're playing in the band at church. Now are you sometimes going like with your family to different farms to meet different people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was actually um, on the was right right before this. I was scheduling a uh, a, a trip to a to a pig farm in in uh, Wisconsin, and and I and I bring my boy. I bring uh, I have four kids. I have two boys, mm-hmm. two girls. My oldest is six. The next one's four, and um, so my boys are six and four, and then my girls are three and twenty months, twenty-one months, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. So we have our hands full, but yes, we absolutely—they're—they're they're just the, the boys are, you know, just getting to the age where they can yeah. travel with this more, and and that's a really different childhood, isn't it, Ben? Like, oh, yeah, the childhood of a pastor's kid is a certain childhood, and their whole childhood though will be 
this. Like, yeah. you know, we're getting out, we're meeting people, we're traveling across the country, we're outside. I mean, Joel Salton talks about how, like, he, he says he drinks out of the cow trough. Like, oh, wow. I mean, he says he does it because he's, he tries to have, like, he calls them something like, small assaults on his immune system so that it makes him healthier in the long run. He's like, I love getting cuts. I love so that I, you know, I'm healing and my body's working. So he, he really says he'll drink right out of it. And if you're there, yeah. you see that kind of stuff. I mean, there's so many cool things to see on a ranch or on a farm. So that's going to just be such an awesome childhood for your kids to be exposed to all of that. And to me, whoever, there was someone right on your website, a ranch partner highlight, Mark Frazier, from Woodrow, Colorado. Yeah. And it says the operation was settled 66 years ago by his great grandfather. And he moves cattle through 125 grass pastures and the grass rests. And it's just a natural environment for them. And you're right. We're proud to partner with Mark and his team to preserve the tradition of ranching in Colorado. And more importantly, his family. Yeah. This is beautiful. You get to go meet these people. Uh, absolutely. For again, five, six years ago, I heard God say, go start a meat company. And I, I, I followed that call, having no idea of the impact we would be making. Um, I honestly, I did not judge me if you want, but it, I, I really thought of it as more selfish isn't the right word, but it, it just seemed a self-consuming thing. Like I didn't, I didn't even have the vision to be able to see the full impact um, and yeah. difference we'd be able to be making six years later. Um, not just with, people that we're able to partner with. But like you said earlier, the amount of jobs that we create and being able to, I mean, I was oblivious of it. Again, never ran a business, never started a business. What didn't even think about that. But when you look up and you, you for me, it was probably around eight or 10 employees, like, you know, just very early on, like is when it actually hit me. Oh, I'm responsible for these people's livelihood. Now we have to be successful. We have to keep yeah. growing. We have to, uh, because like, like I have to make good decisions and I have to make right decisions. Like there's, there's a, there's a lot of responsibility there that we just didn't even think about. And then, you know, fast forward to that being, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people mm. that now depend on us. It's kind of a sobering thought, but uh, it's also, it's so I'm humbled that we were entrusted with this, but it's, it's also very rewarding. It's, it's extremely rewarding. There's times of challenges, that's for sure. It's not always easy. But yeah, it's it's one of the most rewarding things that, that you can do. And gosh, man, I, I would encourage your listeners, if you can go visit a farm, go visit a farm. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a lot of them. You can, you can get online and, and, and find some. Like a lot of them will open up their doors and like, like go, man, if you got little kids, take them, take them to a farm one day, go pick some crops, like go pick some food off the vine, like get out there and do it. And it's good for the soul. Yeah. These ranchers, these farmers that they have the most fulfilling life. And they get like and they're out they're outside every day, working the field, working their animals, and you know, they're not bogged down on their iPhone, um, mm -hmm. reading the news or swiping on TikTok because like like and and, and even like seeing like seeing the difference even in their kids, like it's just mm -hmm. it's what God intended. Honestly, right. and we just need more of it. Yeah.
Wow. I love the word agritainment. It's one of my favorite words. Yeah. You know, you go, you spend the day, you pick blueberries, you pick apples, yeah. whatever it is, and it's entertaining it. and you connect and you also have a snack or you got food for your family. It is a tall calling to provide the livelihood for other people. There's a Jewish philosopher that has a really long name, so I'm not even going to attempt it, but he said that the highest level of charity is to provide someone with a job. And so I always just want to commend business owners that, I mean, this, that's a huge thing that you're doing and it's considered charity. Like as much as giving anonymously would be, it's even higher. So, I mean, it is a, a big deal and a tall calling. Real quick before we end, I, I, I have to know about the car racing. Oh, our story has really been one of those of God said go and we went and these, you know, these doors just open and um, that's not something we were seeking out. Um, Team Penske, which is like, I didn't, I knew nothing about car racing before last year and um, they are like the winningest team in motorsports over the last like 20 years, two decades, like. Like they're like the number one thing. They would be like the 95, 96 Chicago Bulls. They would be like the 2010 Golden State Warriors. I mean, they are just like, they are the team. Um, and it just found our, found myself in the room. And it came through giving, by the way. Like we we gave to some uh, nonprofit things that put us in the room with the, uh, with the president of the racing team. And wow. get to talking to him. I don't even know who he is and telling him our story. And he's like, man, he said, I love your brand and what you stand for. He's like, have you ever thought about uh, advertising through racing and motorsports? And I said, I was like, no, not really. But, um, and, uh, and then one thing led to another and it was like to be a part of that team is really just a testament again to that. God called us to do this. He's he opens the doors uh, because you can't call team Penske and just be like, Hey, I want to be a sponsor. Like, like they've, Wow. Like they're sold out for years to come. Like they, they actually made room for us uh, because wow. they there's brand alignment. They, they know what we stand for. They like what we stand for. They like who we are as a brand and want it to actually help us continue to get our message out, continue to grow uh, and things like that. So Ben, that's so cool. I saw the car. Yeah. It was like across that back, whatever, like the thing yeah. and it says good ranchers. And I yeah, see a car yeah. right there. Yeah, I got one right there. There it is. Oh, wow. What a design. That's so cool. Yeah. So when you take these steps, other doors open and you never know what's going to come. Just so fantastic. So people can find you at goodranchers.com. You always have really cool deals going on, especially we've got things around the holidays. You have seasonal products. Like there was something really special, like for the fall with the bacon. So people can go and look. You have subscription boxes. It's extremely easy. It only takes a couple minutes. It's a one-time purchase, but there's also no long-term commitment. So this is fantastic. And like I said, we can attest, it's just a fabulous, it's fabulous food to add to your home. Quick, easy, you know what's in it, you know what, where it's coming from. And um, just so honored that you would come and spend this time with us. We always end our podcast with the same question. And that question is, what's a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside? Oh, gosh. Um, So for me, I was, um, I don't know how old I would have been. My grandfather uh, raised, uh, always had cattle, um, ironically. And he was a pastor, actually. Uh, He pastored a church, but he 
his hobby was was cattle and so uh, uh we would love to go spend the night at their house because they had all this land and we'd run around and i don't know how we didn't get bit by snakes uh so, <laughs> snakes <laughs> <laughs> that was good i liked it yeah it worked right. well it worked well obviously i have steak on the brain um <laughs> but yeah we would always be running around and stuff but uh, i i I remember one night, spending the night over there, and I, I was probably seven, seven or eight, and all the cows got out, and I, I think my neighbor or somebody, they were out in the street, they were, I mean, they were just everywhere, and um, they woke up in a frantic, and like a, my grandfather woke up in like this frantic and hurry, and like, and, I, and uh, um, the whole house woke up, <clears throat> and I was probably too young to be out there, but and I don't know if they allowed me to go out there or if I just snuck out there, but uh, we went outside and like for two or three in the morning and um, just worked in the pitch black, uh, trying to get all the cows back into the field. And uh, ironically, like that, uh, you know, who would have known 30 years who later, I started, I started a meat company. Uh, That's really cool, Ben, that you're now traveling the country and you're meeting people just like your grandpa yeah. who maybe are doing several jobs like how he was a pastor and doing the ranch or you know maybe that's their sole thing but you had that foundation there that's really cool yeah i love it well thank you so yeah. much for spending this time with us so appreciate so appreciate what you're doing we are so thankful to know where our meat comes from american meat delivered so thankful to know that it's ethical farming that there are no mRNA vaccines that are going to be in the meat and um, that there's so much variety. Like you said, you offer you offer beef, pork, chicken and seafood. So go there, get your meat there. You can go to the grocery yeah. store for your tomatoes or something else. But, you know, you yeah. want to get you want to get good quality meat. Just get it online. It comes right to your door. Yeah. Couldn't be easier. My, my wife likes to say this all the time. Like she's like, I don't mind going to the grocery store, but I hate the meat aisle. She's like, I don't want it she's like especially chicken. She's like, it's gross, it's sticky, it's slimy, I don't want to touch it. Like, um, mm -hmm. uh, so, like, you know, we really wanted to take the guesswork out of the meat owl, because that's another thing is people like, I don't really know what to get. And uh, sure. so, like, again, shameless plug, but it is the truth. It's just highly convenient to have the meat aisle shipped to your house. Mm -hmm. And because uh, protein is usually the thing that you don't have. Like, you always have like sides, potatoes, like, mm -hmm vegetables like stuff that stores in your pantry but you're like oh what wait where's the meat so there's a high level of convenience it's right outside your door because it's been delivered <laughs> from well, good yeah. ranchers when this has been awesome just absolutely love what you're doing support it wholeheartedly so thankful for it as an answer for our family goodranchers.com thank you Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.